0: Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm your other host, Charles Rogers, And welcome to our
1: Bad Badge episode zero coverage. We are skipping The Last Tales of the Jedi. Uh, it doesn't exist, so I don't have to talk about it.
0: <laughs> oh, Charles, you know that's not In true. Big coffee. Yep,
1: uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. We gotta we gotta talk about Episode Six, which uh, boilers for today's episode. I I did not care for Episode Six of Tales of the Jedi. Uh, do you want to tell us about Episode Six of Tales of the Jedi, Bradley? Do we want to just dive right
0: into this? Yeah, let's get into it because I feel like we have a lot to say. This is Episode Six, titled "Resolve." A former Jedi is faced with the truth that they cannot be something they are not. So Charles, um, <laughs> you're gonna
1: you gonna prop me. What
0: what are your thoughts on this being an episode that exists? <laughs>
1: okay, you know, it was pointed out to me. I I mentioned to somebody that I was going to be doing Tales of the Jedi, and I didn't really like this episode. And it was pointed out to me that I should attempt to explain why I don't like this episode without necessarily immediately jumping to... It's different than the Ahsoka novel because it's more, there's more to it than that. So I'm going to start here by saying some things I liked about this episode. Okay. We're going to start with the good things. Okay. Here are some things I liked about Resolve. The funeral scene. Beautiful. I love seeing Mon Mothma. I love her funeral outfit. I love the fact that Ahsoka was at Padme's funeral because... Of course she was, that was heartbreaking. The animation was very good, very pretty. I I like the design of the new Inquisitor, I think he was very sufficiently creepy. Uh, and I like the the voice acting, particularly of the new Inquisitor. And we will get to who is playing the new Inquisitor. Here's my overarching problem with this episode. And I mentioned when we, we talked about episode 5, I was like, I don't know why this story exists. It feels like they're just summing up the plot line from the entire Clone Wars show down into one 15-minute chunk. Resolve feels like it forgot the entire season seven arc for Ahsoka Tano, and decided to redo that entire arc worse because the whole point of her season seven was she walks away from the Jedi Order, uh, but she can't really walk away from the fight because she tries to kind of do her thing, sticking low with the Martez sisters, and ultimately her Jedi, her Jedi empathy, her Jedi compassion—the things that make Ahsoka Tano such a good Jedi and embodiment of the light side of the come out through her interactions with these sisters and ultimately she decides no I can't just sit by I have an opportunity to work with bo and that leads into our climactic final arc this one immediately decides that she wants to stop doing all of that again runs off to a farm somewhere and then just fucking sits there and does nothing but do farm shit, presumably, until the events of this happen. And then the arc is like, oh, she needs to get back into the fight. Okay, she already learned that lesson. (laughs) Like, I need to go underground at the end of season seven of The Clone Wars. Is different than, fuck all of this. I'm going to run off and do absolutely nothing to help anybody at all. Like, Ahsoka Tano as a character, reads to me as somebody who can't stop herself from doing that. And the fact that she has to learn that lesson again, worse, like it's a more truncated version and she has less agency. In season seven, She ultimately, she's presented the opportunity, she makes the choice, but in season seven, she has to go through this journey and her revealing, you know, eventually that she's a Jedi comes as a result of action she takes. Versus in this episode, she's fucking around, she saves the one girl, we'll get to her in a minute, from um, the, the, the bales falling on her with the force, and then Inquisitors get called in. And like, is the lesson supposed to be that Ahsoka, like, is the lesson supposed to be that Ahsoka is a danger to everyone around her and so she has to get back into the fight? Or uh, like, what did she learn in this episode? Like, that she had to do a thing. She already knew that. We we had the season seven arc in the Clone Wars and then by the time we get to Rebels, she's been actively doing things for a while. So I, I don't see this as a lesson she needed to learn. I don't see this as a beat that makes sense for the progression of the character. And I know, I know it's Dave Filoni's character. He can do what he wants. I disagree with Dave Filoni's choice in the handling of this arc because I feel like it takes a section of Ahsoka's journey that should be a lot more complicated for her as a character than it is and reduces it down to these are some events that happen in tandem with each other. And she doesn't really grow over the course of this episode, like she walks away at the funeral and then she comes back at the end of the episode. But I never really get a sense that like anything has happened to challenge her beyond the fact that, oh, an Inquisitor showed up and she fought him. Well, why doesn't she just go into hiding again and not make that same mistake? Like what changed here? I just, I think that this is grossly oversimplifying an era in Ahsoka's life that really needed some more time and attention that it didn't get in this short it feels like yeah and it's a, again it's a retread of season seven it's kind of a retread of luke skywalker's arc in in last jedi like it's kenobi again like we've also we've seen this we've seen this over and over and over again yeah it's poetry it rhymes but i just i was watching this episode and i was like i really this really just feels weird to me and wrong to me and even if You know, I hadn't read the Ahsoka novel, which we'll get to in a bit. uh, I would be looking at this and going, this feels like a really weird chapter in in Ahsoka's journey. Uh, But I have rambled for an extended period of time. Uh, Before I even get to the Ahsoka novel stuff, um, Bradley, what were your thoughts on this episode?
0: So I didn't actually mind the episodes as a whole. I know people have problems with the whole novel thing, and we'll get there. We'll Um, get there when we get there. Yeah, Yeah. but... Um, aside, I mean I did I did really like the Inquisitor character because I love Inquisitors like I think that is next level I love anytime an Inquisitor shows up on screen they can do no wrong for me Um, because I I love evil people doing evil things and that's great Um, however you're you're right in that this is just a moment in time or just a thing that we didn't need to see like I don't really understand in the in the just the whole entire arc of Tales of the Jedi how this Ahsoka story makes any sense with the other two. Episodes, because the first episode, like we talked about, was the life and death episode. It was great. Kind of, I mean, we didn't need her origin, you know, necessarily, but it gave it a nice little context to the character. Like, oh, she's this like kind of immaculate child that existed, you know, and that's where they discovered her, right?
1: Oh, and apparently, they do sell Ahsoka baby dolls um, at Disney.
0: There you go. I knew it was. Gonna... I was informed
1: um, of this uh, after our episode aired.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, the thing Charles fucked up. <laughs> they do sell Ahsoka baby dolls.
1: <laughs> ah, uh, the. Mm. Charles fucked up no Mm. Mm. anyway sorry Uh, please continue
0: um I just don't see how it connects to her first episode right like the Dooku episodes show us a nice kind of vague arc of his disillusionment with the Jedi um and with the Ahsoka ones I don't know what story or what feeling they're trying to give us that we didn't already know from Ahsoka like I don't know what her arc is supposed to be or like what they're supposed to like, what we're supposed to learn from these episodes other than just like, here's some additional context. To things that you already know, I mean, I I look at this as like, yeah, this is just another random thing she did while she was in hiding, like you know, because I did read the book, of course, and you know, I can look at this with two different minds and just be like, well, she just happened to follow similar beats on another. This is my head canon as well
1: that yeah. it's it's just a separate thing that right. happened after yeah, the a, events of the book to kind of see if she just thing. wanted to really get back into things, which does not negate my my criticism of the arc of the episode and the why does Ahsoka need to learn this particular lesson right this does not make sense with the character that has been previously established in other series so that's, I feel that's how like... I'm that's how I'm headcanning even though I, I explicitly know that that's wrong because Dave Filoni has flat out said that it's it's the same story they're working on the same outline uh, like it's meant to be viewed as the same moment of time which i think dave fellini is wrong and i'm choosing to uh slot it, it headcanon it somewhere else so that it makes sense
0: right yeah i don't i don't look at it as it's the same story like you said he did say that but it's like i don't look at it that way because it seems to me this is the story isn't close enough for me yeah it follows the same beats as the novel but it doesn't I don't know. I feel like the novel is too complex to be the same story as this because he he dumbed it down too yeah. much. Yeah, I think it's yeah just we can too... get in.
1: We can get into the novel. Well, the thing with the novel the the choices that that E. K. Johnson made with the novel. And full disclosure, I'm I'm really not the biggest fan of E. K. Johnson's work. I've read the Padme books and they were okay. Um, they were not for me. Um, And I'm not even the biggest fan of the Ahsoka novel, but the way that the Ahsoka novel is written, it's, it's meant to lead us into Ahsoka Tano as Fulcrum specific. So the deal with her story arc in the novel, part of it isn't that, oh, you know, she needs to rejoin the fight. She's always been fighting. She's always been trying to do the right thing. She's always been trying to help people. She's never abandoned anyone. It's that because of her limited resources and she's only one person, she can't do everything all the time. And she has to learn that, well... I need more resources, and not only that, but if if these groups of people that are oppressed by the Empire were able to communicate with each other and someone was running the go-between between them, that would help them have more protection against the Empire and be able to fight back, which leads into the Fulcrum stuff, which... I I don't want to immediately be like, let's compare the novel to this episode, but you also can't pretend the novel didn't exist. right? And it does create a lot of unfortunate precedent to where the idea of somebody can tell literally exactly the same story from beginning to end and have it be different and have that overwrite work that another writer has done. Even if... You know, Dave Filoni wanted to tell this story. Couldn't they brought in E. K. Johnson to do it as a novel, working off Dave's notes? And then Dave turned around and told the story for himself. You already gave that part of the story away, right? It's I get that Ahsoka Tano is Dave Filoni's like baby, and he wants like full control over all of her art all of the time, from beginning to end. But not even George Lucas had that kind of control over Anakin Skywalker's art. Uh, And part of the whole thing with the Disney acquisition was we were going to be avoiding stuff like this, that with Lucasfilm taking a more everything is canon as opposed to levels of canon, because I remember the levels of canon and it was confusing as fuck, that there wasn't going to be this sort of, oh, there's two versions. It wasn't going to be a Labyrinth of Evil slash... Tartakowski Clone Wars thing, where it was going to be like, there's two equally canon versions of the same story. We were going to avoid all that, and this just puts it right back in. The the idea that you can do that, that you can uh, completely ignore another version of the story that's been told by a different writer. We saw this in Bad Batch. I was kind of okay with it in Bad Batch. I had to make my peace with it, but here it's, Dave Dave Filoni is literally just like, yeah, I'm just going to retell the same story, and as much as I am and okay with the Ahsoka novel. Again, it's not really my favorite of the books, and I don't really like Johnson's work that much in general. It feels very much like it's almost kind of discarding the work that Johnson did in favor of Filoni's own work when they gave that novel over to Johnson to write in the first place. And it sets a sort of unfortunate precedent, which I do like that a lot of other creators, newer creators that are coming in, are being like, okay, well, we're not going to necessarily retell the same stories, but we're going to weave in and out of what other creatives had done and use that to amplify like what the Kenobi series did or what Andor did with some of its stuff. We're going to weave in and out and we're going to play with that stuff that's come before. This just feels... Disrespectful in a way to another creative, and I I don't like that. I really don't like that precedent. Bad batch. I know said it, but I didn't like it there either. And then there's the whole uh, one of the characters in the Ahsoka novel is a uh, a black queer woman uh, who is a a white woman in this, and um, mm, that feels like something you could have very easily fixed.
0: <laughs> Well, I guess the way they got around that, right, was by not naming the the village sister and the village brother they're credited as and the um Yeah, also the cast. brother
1: was a sister and had a completely different role in
0: Right, which is why I can separate it in my mind from the Yeah, I'm novel. pretending they're
1: two different things. Like, right,
0: because that's the only way that it's not that but,
1: terrible. <laughs> but, but if you're going off there intended to be the same thing, I know that Dave Filoni probably didn't actively look at it and go, ah, yes, I'm going to take uh, one of the first, you know, major queer people in uh, the Star Wars books and the universe in general, the canon universe, uh, and just completely rewrite change the character like and make it a different model and everything uh, it does not change the fact that that did happen and again that's kind of an unfortunate precedent that the character is specifically described a certain way in the book and when Dave Filoni approached the same character it, it's a a white person now and I can't speak too much on that because I myself am a white person but that is a thing that has to be brought up and that is a thing that has to be specifically called out. As this character was whitewashed essentially from the way that they were in the book, and it would have been super easy to just do the same thing but make the character look like Caden from the book, and you would have you would have erased the queer facet to it, which is bad. But this is like I don't like this. I don't like this at all, and it makes me deeply uncomfortable.
0: There's not really a good transition for that. So tell me, <laughs> there's the really no good transition from that.
1: <laughs> look, I. Look, I understand that it's Dave Filoni telling a different story. He most likely was not trying to reference the book at all, but even unintentionally, I cannot avoid calling out that this is a really bad one.
0: You want to talk about some voice actors? Let's talk about some voice actors.
1: All right. So we have Ahsoka Tano, uh, Ashley Eckstein is back as Ahsoka Tano. Bail Organa is being voiced again by Phil Lamar, animation veteran. Phil Lamar was recently in Dragon Age Absolution. The Inquisitor is being voiced by Clancy Brown, a.k.a. Savajo Press, and the Devaronian from Mandalorian Season 1. Dee Bradley Baker is back as the security clone. The other three, uh, the Village Sister, is being voiced by Dana Davis, animation TV veteran, been in Amphibia, The Morning Show, She-Ra and the Princess of Power. David Shaughnessy is voicing the, the Village Elder. David Shaughnessy, long-time video game voice actor and also various animated series. Uh he was also in Star Wars Resistance as Drell and Narvin and a stormtrooper. And he was in Star Wars Rebels as both Oresco and Grant, which is kind of hilarious. World of Warcraft veterans will know him as being from the prophet Velen in the World of Warcraft games. So if you've ever played Warcraft and you've listened to Velen, this guy is is Velen. Uh, The brother is being voiced by Brighton James. Another voice actor, he was Zare Leonis in Star Wars Rebels. And he appeared in seven episodes of The Vampire Diaries. That's what I recognize him from. Those are our voice actors.
0: Loves it. They're great. Um, I mean, we kind of really got into the weeds of it, but is there like any kind of, any other I, final thoughts on this? I, I toyed this, I don't really have, I yeah, this you, new one. <laughs> I didn't want to like give too much time to this one, but, or well, maybe, maybe you want to give some overall thoughts of the series. As yeah, as well
1: as I want I, to I be know. as fair to this episode as I possibly can, is that my issues with this episode are not just Oh, they changed the Ahsoka novel. And specifically, they changed uh, POC char- a POC character to a white character in this one. That they really go deeper than that. And I understand creatives want to tell the story that they want to tell. That I understand being immensely attached to a character and wanting to kind of tell your version of every detail of that character's life. And I get that. I really do. But these last two episodes, five and six have really demonstrated to me that that's not always the best approach to a character that We don't necessarily need to see every facet of their life. And sometimes you can give those parts away to somebody else. And characters, there comes a certain point where characters no longer necessarily, in a franchise like this, no longer necessarily belong to the author that originally created them. Especially if somebody else has already previously come in and done work with that character. And there's a certain level of, I don't want to say control that some creatives want to have, over their, like their children. But I can definitely feel that here in that Dave Filoni had these these aspects of Ahsoka's life that he really, really wanted to tell. I just didn't think they needed to be told or retold. The... The direction of the episode is very good. Animation's beautiful. Voice actors are bringing their all. Design's great. And the Bail Organa stuff is really good, but I just can't get over. I was sitting there watching this episode and and when I finished, I was like, I don't know why I needed to see that. I just, I I would have preferred a different story. And that's just me. This is going to be my final, final, final thought for this episode is that if you liked this episode, if you have never read the Ahsoka novel or if you've read the Ahsoka novel and you still liked this episode. I do not wanna take that away from you. You like what you like, I'm gonna dislike what I dislike and that's not a criticism of anyone specifically who really likes this episode. Uh, I don't want to yuck your yum, you like what you like. I did not like this episode and that is just my opinion. So if you watch this and you liked it and you really enjoyed it and it brings you some happiness in this dark and dismal world, please, by all means, I beg you, go find that happiness in this dark and dismal world because this world really sucks. How are you going to follow that on, Bradley?
0: I'll just say that it was a decent episode. It wasn't my least favorite, but it was, like you said, a little unnecessary, but it's fine. Like I think the Inquisitor redeemed it for me because I just love Inquisitors. But other than that, it was just an okay episode. And yeah, I hope that, you know, moving forward, if there's a season two and they decide to do either new Jedis or... Different Jedi, if, please. If they if they do do different Jedis, let's hope that they do some interesting ones. If they do not, and for some reason they... Let's just... I'm just playing devil's advocate here and just saying, like, let's say they do Ahsoka again. Let's hope that they would do episodes of stuff we just genuinely have not seen of her or make sense for her character that we need to know theoretically to enhance her rather than explain things that don't need to be explained
1: right i i think they should get a season two i like the concept for the show i like the the dooku stuff was incredible um yeah i really just didn't I think we need more Ahsoka Tano episodes to explain things we already
0: know. And I'll say that I think this format works better for Jedis we either know nothing about or know very little about. It does not work... Right, it does not work well for people we know a plethora of information. We do not need this. I don't need this to explain anything about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't need this to explain anything about Anakin Skywalker. I don't need this to explain anything about Luke Skywalker. I, I genuinely think this needs to be exclusively of... I don't like to say C-list, but you know, Jedi that are in,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: the people that are in the background that we don't know a lot of information about. This is your chance to explain that information and give us their background stories and their stuff. We don't need popular characters, is a better way to say
1: it, right? Well. I do hate to end this on a on a downer note, which unfortunately, uh, it somewhat does end on a downer note. So let's just um, let's just move right along into looking forward to the future to something a little bit better. Uh, Bradley, what are we going to be covering next?
0: We're going to be covering the Bad Batch season two.
1: Finally, the Bad Batch season two has come out. I am so excited for the show. Um, We're working on lining up some really exciting guests for this one uh, because there are shorter episodes so we can bring more guests on. Uh, We've got some really exciting guests that I'm talking to. I'm really excited for these episodes. I saw the trailer all the way back in Celebration in May and I have been hype ever since. Uh, it's it's going to be an excellent show, and I'm really really excited to cover it. and See what they release the episode title lists, and uh, I have some
0: concerns. Uh oh. Well, I'm excited. We'll we'll deep dive into it in uh, episode zero, and we'll see what you uh, what you, what we you think about We will deep
1: it. dive. We will deep dive everything in episode zero uh, coming up here shortly. Uh, but for now, Bradley, go ahead and run the socials.
0: Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron. Gaze to Charles. Fuck something up. Send us a message at GoldSquadronGaze at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at at Squadron Gaze, where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content. Please join us next week and every week for more of Gold Squadron Gaze.